Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Spilling the Cha, Wendy and Tiffany. We're so excited to be able to be talking to Ellie and Hari this week. They are both the leaders of Spectrum at UC Berkeley, and they're going to be talking to us about autism and that experience and what it is like um, in college. So we're going to go ahead and get started. But Wendy, is there anything you want to add before we begin? Yeah, so I, well, Ellie is uh, one of my close, closer friends. For as long as I've known her, she's been in Spectrum, and she's always been super passionate about this club. And so to invite her and Hari to talk about Spectrum and autism, um, I feel like it's, a, it's, a, it's my honor, too. And so, yeah, why don't you, why don't the both of you give um, an intro? Hello. Um... My name is Ellie. I am a fourth year studying MCB Neurobio at UC Berkeley. Um, and I've never done a podcast before, <laughs> but since you guys are doing it, I think this is a really great opportunity to talk about um, Spectrum, our interests. Hari has a lot to share. Um, so yeah, I look forward to recording. Hey, I am Hari Srinivasan. I am a psychology major and disability studies minor. A minimally speaking autistic as you probably figured out by now. I use a text-to-speech app to communicate. Thanks for having us on today. This is going to be my first podcast. Yay! We're so excited to have you guys on. And we're going to get started with our first question. So can you guys tell us a a little bit more about what autism is, and what are some misconceptions that people have about it? So I'll go first. Well, the response to that question is a whole year worth of classes. LOL. So I'll give a couple of things from my point of view. One, you are either autistic or not autistic. It's not something you turn on and off. And it's definitely not a temporary state of mind. Statements like I feel I'm autistic today are not just ridiculous, but trivialize the lives of real autistics. The other main thing is that autism is a spectrum, which brings us to a misconception around what spectrum itself means. It's not a straight line spectrum with the Asperger's or high functioning at one end and the low functioning autism at the other end. A linear spectrum just ends up either minimizing the challenges of some or refusing to recognize the potential in others, which is really not fair to either group. I do want to point out the labels high-functioning and low-functioning are highly stigmatizing and leads to a lot of gatekeeping for the latter group. High or higher is a relative term, which means a comparison to a lower or low group. Are we saying that some lives have somehow higher worth and therefore the right to inclusion in mainstream society? Educators and therapists are unknowingly perpetuating this stigma by classifying children into categories early on, which basically decides what kind of classrooms, whether there will be high or low expectations of you and whether you even are worthy of inclusion. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy like shown in the Rosenthal and Jacobson study way back in 1968. Someone's expectation about a person or a group leads to the fulfillment of those expectations. In that study, 20% of the elementary age students in the study were randomly chosen and their teacher told they would do better. These students did end doing better than the control group. The better performance is attributed to the teacher's behavior. 
By extension, if a teacher is given a child with a low prefix, there is unconscious bias, which will translate to lower expectations. In the case of autism, low expectations of the group not deemed capable is adding to the problem of an exploding adult population that is unemployed and just being warehoused. It's a real problem. The point is, lots of blends and flavors. So when you say something about autism, it applies to some and not all autistics. Unfortunately, often due to unconscious bias, people paint this limited view of what autism is based on their own experience of autism or the limited set of autistics they are familiar with. These views are also influenced by the kind of autistics society sees, the visibility factor. A good chunk are literally out of view of mainstream society, in special education, group homes and day programs and just out of sight. It's important to understand it's a spectrum as that will directly impact funding, services and support and opportunities. No matter where you are on the spectrum, every autistic is trying to navigate a world that is not quite accepting of autistics. As a group we need more acceptance. As human beings we deserve to be included and be part of society. There are a ton of misconceptions, but I think I will stop here in the interests of time. That was beautifully said, Hari. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Hari, for sharing. I thought it was so articulate, everything that you said, especially how, like, you related it, not just, like, to one's own experiences, but also how there's, there's like, societal and institutional influences that are involved in the lives of people on, like, the spectrum. So I think... Wow, like I was just like very like taken aback, I guess, by like everything that you said. It was it was very well well said. Totally. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so that brings us to our next question. Well, I know that you guys teach a decal together, and you guys also run a club called Spectrum together. Can you guys tell us more about that, and what are your roles in educating the Berkeley community about the autism? I'll start with the decal. This will be my fourth semester. Ellie, Helen, and Kate are joining the team this semester. Really happy to have them on board. I have two personal goals for this class. One is to change the way students will think about and interact with autistics for the rest of their life. The other is collaboration cooperation. Any meaningful change we want to see in the world cannot happen without a collaborative effort between autistics and their non-disabled peers. We need allies. An example of collaboration cooperation is demonstrated in this decal where my non-autistic peers and I get to teach this class together. My communication and other challenges can mean I can't do many of the things a typical student can, though I may have the knowledge base. But together. We can produce an engaging, an informative, and a very popular class. A class that has a social impact. So a big thank you to my fellow student instructors. I'm gonna leave the Spectrum Org part of the response to Ellie. I just want to say that we have an amazing org with passionate members who want to get things done and we have so many things planned, pandemic or no pandemic. I can just see this org growing and growing in future years. We are already starting to make a big impact. I'm popcorning this over to Ellie. Right, thank you, Ari. Um, so to talk a little bit more about Spectrum, um, we're a club on campus. Um, 
that was founded in 2012. Um, I actually joined Spectrum, to give you a little background info, I actually joined Spectrum my second um, semester of freshman year, so quite a long time ago since I was senior now. Um, and I initially I joined because Spectrum, the name itself, was a familiar name. Like I had done volunteering at a facility called Spectrum for Living, which is like uh, not connected to this club, but it was similarly a neurodevelopmental disability facility. So that's how I like um, like recognized the name on Sproul, and I decided to join. Um, and I think one thing I noticed about a lot of the Cal clubs on campus is like many of us, many of many of the students, um, they tend to participate in a club for maybe like one or two years max, and then they step out. Um, I know this isn't this doesn't apply to everyone, but like this was um, like what I'd seen with my other clubs. But I think the reason why I decided to do to uh, decided to join Spectrum for such a long time. Um, was because I feel like the like passion I see in our members is kind of at a different level because like many of us are personally affected um, by autism and we have like siblings, we have cousins, we have friends, we have peers who directly are experiencing autism. So any like discussion that we have, any events that we have, it's very resourceful and meaningful to us. Um, and I think like the concept of bring, really bridging a welcoming and safe space for anyone to talk about autism and what they think. I think that was one of the most attractive points of Spectrum and I really decided and I really wanted to stay. Um, so I started out as a general member and then I started leading a small committee. This, it was like my first time leading. I was so nervous but um, it turned out to be pretty enjoyable. So after that, I became VP, and now I am co-president with Hari um, this year. Um, so that was my story. To give you a little bit of background on Spectrum, we were founded in 2012, and we really try to make a safe space for anyone um, who is interested in learning about autism and anyone who is autistic themselves. Um, and I think a key word that kind of describes us is like kind of doing it together. So it's not just um, like the neurodiverse uh, uh, population, um, you know, like being a part of the club, but it's, it's like a combination. It's a teamwork of neurodiverse peers and their allies um, who like work together to kind of get the club rolling. So we're constantly seeking out better ways to make a more inclusive community. And we've actually gone through some transformations throughout the years. So when I, um, a few years ago, when Spectrum was first founded, it was under a different name called Autism Speaks um, at Berkeley. So this was a larger organization, a large national organization, and um, Berkeley was a branch of it. But um, the things they promoted were different from what we wanted to promote because they were very focused on autism research and addressing like medical issues. But they also wanted to, they were also stuck in the idea of um, autism as something to be cured or treated. And we really didn't want to be associated with that. Rather, we wanted to focus on acceptance and inclusion of autism. So we changed our name and then we became Spectrum Autism at Cal. Um, and then two years ago or last year, um, we did another rebranding where we kind of changed our logo initially. Our logo was um, a puzzle piece, which is very frequently associated with autism. Um, but then there are a lot of connotations that are connected with this logo. 
uh, with this um, puzzle piece. And many people associate it as um, perceiving autism as something that's like puzzling, mysterious, maybe like something that needs to be solved. Um, it's also frequently associated with like child childishness or childlike behavior. So we also wanted to move away from that and we did a whole like logo competition and we were able to reach um, a final conclusion of an emerging butterfly. So that's like the logo that we currently have and many of our members really love. Um, so yeah, um, and also we really do promote like diversity in our club and by that we mean like last year we had our first um, autistic president and he was also our first black president. This year we have a um, we have Hari who is a non-speaking autistic and this is probably the first for any university club. Um, we really make sure to include both autistics and non-autistics in our leadership team. Um, and yeah, we try to include different gender identities, etc. So with this diverse community, we really try to um, build a lot of volunteer opportunities. Um, so something that's coming up this semester is a peer-to-peer -peer program um, where we have some, some people from Cal partner, partnering with an organization called We Embrace, and we become a peer for an autistic, for um, a, a student on the autis autism spectrum. Um, we also have like very big events throughout the year, like an acceptance week every semester. Also, we have a big fundraiser called um, the 5K Run or 3K Walk. And yeah, so through these like fundraising opportunities, these outreach, just like um, the bi-weekly um, meetings, we really try to foster a welcoming community and I'm really glad to be a part of it and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this will grow. Um, this year. Thanks so, so much for sharing, both of you. And uh, to those of uh, you guys who are listening and go to Cal, you should check out Spectrum at Cal. When, when do you guys have your meetings? Oh, we have our meetings on Wednesdays usually, and it's going to be two times every month. Two times every month on Wednesdays. If you heard that, you should go check it out. Thank you guys so much. That was really great to hear. And like, it's really amazing that everything, I feel that just from like what you've described, both of you, everything that has been like, just from the organization to the structure of Spectrum, it's so intentional. Like it's clear that leadership put a lot of thought into how it was to be managed, like from the logo design to even like how like leadership committees are structured. So that's really, really great to hear. And I, I do agree with what you said, Ali, about how I think a lot of like how students typically like say in clubs like maybe one to two years at the most before they kind of like explore and like jump into other clubs. So I think it's really powerful that you found something that you wanted to stay in much longer than that. And now you're this year's president. That's really co-president. That's really cool. I also agree with Tiff that you guys are so intentional with everything, including from like your rebranding of the names and it, and I'm really just really proud of you guys for um, creating uh, groups, inclusive groups for people to come learn about autism and telling people that it's not something that it should be cured, but it's some it's something that's part of someone that should be accepted like everything else. Yeah, I'm so proud of you guys. Um, so now our next question has to focus more on um, the experience of what it's like to be autistic. What's it like to grow up 
being autistic and what is that experience like when you're at a university as large and diverse and complicated as UC Berkeley? OMG, where do I even start? Simply put, when you are more significantly impacted like me, there is a lot of gatekeeping and exclusion starting from the early years. It's being isolated in special education programs. The education that typical kids take for granted is denied to us. I used to wonder at this cool science my peers were alert. Even as we sat at kindergarten level circle time, even at age 10 singing preschool songs. So while my peers were learning algebra, all I could hope for was single digit addition. Why would they teach anything when our educators had such low expectations of the kids in this class? I remember I was put in this class simply known as Room 20 in Dilworth Elementary. It's the classroom the district puts the kids they don't know what to do with. It was just mostly walks and circle times. Then I got moved to a special education only school by middle school. So I basically never even saw typical kids even at recess. So that was where I would have been parked till age 22 and then sent to a day program. Basically a life of boredom, frustration and some sort of babysitting. Nothing like what I get to do here at Berkeley, which is just so exciting. On the social and community front, there is again a lot of stigma around autism. I grew up in Cupertino in the South Bay, which is dominated by Chinese and Indians, one of the so-called high-scoring school districts. I think that maybe families were scared their kids would pick up autism by interacting or playing with autistic kids. Or God forbid, at least their kids are distracted from their Ivy League college ambitions. The irony is that we suddenly become a sought-after group for their high schoolers cues everyone needs volunteer hours and volunteering with us is gonna look super good on college application essays. So on some level, it all feels hypocritical to me. See the thing is, I did not want to always be the subject of volunteering. It's not about coming to play board games with me once a month. It often felt like more therapy and I've been stuffed with therapy from childhood. I wanted camaraderie, to hang out at the mall, do silly things together or just hang and do nothing. I wanted to not just exist in the same space but feel like I belonged. I wanted to be able to volunteer too, not just be volunteer too. That's very important for one's self-esteem and self-worth. Basically as a kid I never got invited to any of the birthday parties or any social events of the numerous kids who lived on my street. The only time I saw these kids was literally on my doorstep once a year at Halloween with hands outstretched for candy. Luckily for me I had a wonderful Riley family. They had two adopted kids in addition to their biological son, one black and one mixed race. So in a way I was very exposed to cultural diversity from an early age. Evan, Tyesha and Garrett came to my house every week for almost 10 years along with their dog. I think most of what I have learned about how to interact with typical kids has been through the Rileys. Their mom, Cindy, met my mom in the park when I was a toddler and basically offered to get her kids over so I could have company. They are a great family beyond just coming to my home, raising companion dogs etc. That's where I got to feel I belonged. We need more Rileys in the world. 
many of the listeners of this podcast will go on to having a family on your own, and there are going to be some autistic kids living on your street or neighborhood. Simple changes in your thinking can make a huge difference. Every life should be of worth to society. Not that my life was one big misery. Still found many ways to have fun and stay engaged. But society-wise there was not the same level of interaction that typical kids take for granted. Anyhow, around late middle school I was introduced to augmentative alternative communication. I could finally communicate and eager to learn a lot more and even make it to college. My school district still could not get over their established notions about me being unable to learn, and wanted to maintain the status quo. So my folks moved me to a public charter school. The charter school's psych ed testing placed me in 12th grade for math and college level for English. Turned out I was smart after all. So I got to do all the algebra and biology and Shakespeare and I loved it all. So yeah, it's been quite the journey from me. From room 20 to Berkeley. It's full of possibility. Berkeley has been so different and so much more accepting. I just love it here. So many opportunities. My world has just opened up. It's full of possibility. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I can tell that you're super strong and you reflected so much upon your past events. And uh, I'm so glad we're in the same school and I got to meet you. Agreed. I think that it, you're really inspiring, Hari. <laughs> and like there were moments when I was like, wow, like you're so cool. Like, I, I, I'm super honored that like, yeah, you, I met you today and that you're able to like go to the same school as us and that you're able to do all the things that you want to do. And I know you're good. You have a very bright future ahead. And like, this is just the beginning for you. So very excited for you. I know that Ellie and Hari has been working together for like a few years now. Is that right? Um, yeah, a few semesters. Oh, a few semesters. And it would probably take like hours to tell like about all the work that you've done at Berkeley. But uh, I just wanted to hear a little, about, a little bit from Ellie about what it's like working with Hari. Yeah. Um, so like as many of us may know, like it was, um, it was blasted on social media, but Hari was actually featured on President Obama's Instagram, <laughs> which is so cool. Like how, that's, that's amazing. Like when we first heard the news, we were so happy for Hari. And um, Hari actually joined Spectrum through like, I actually first met Hari through acceptance week meetings, which I was leading. I was like the, leading the committee at the time and that's when he first joined. Um, and I'm so, so glad he uh, joined Spectrum. I think he didn't know about our club until a little later um, after coming to Berkeley. I think he coincidentally like kind of ran into us on Sprawl. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hari, but I'm really, really so glad that he came to our club because after his addition, like everything changed so much, I think. Um, and it changed so much in so many different ways. I think he had so many ideas, first of all. And he really made us think outside of the box. Like initially we would just plan things out and we would do things um, in a way that we'd always done before. But Hari would kind of step in and be like, wait, you guys can do so much more. Like you guys should contact this place. You guys should reach out to this, this place. And he also had that like wealth of contacts that we can reach out to. So 
I think so many of our events were successful because we had Hari's help. And he really um, like showed himself that like we as a club should be doing more, like we should keep on pushing ourselves um, and that we are able to be more active, whether it's on social media, on Sprout, etc. So I would say that he really did like provide that platform for a lot of the things we planned um, to happen. And I'm so appreciative of that. Um, and that's Hari as like a member of Spectrum. Um, as someone I'm working with, I think Hari, as you guys have mentioned, it's really an honor to be co-leading Spectrum with Hari. I think I do learn so much from him, um, like his work ethic. He has so much content he wants to share. Like I've been in lots of presentations with him. I've led lots of meetings with him, but I think every meeting I hear something new and that's just amazing, I think. Um, also, he, he, his personality, his empathy, um, he also like adds in jokes here and there that makes all of us laugh during meetings. So he is really a great partner to work with. Um, and many of our board members would say like he himself is an inspiration. Um, and I think this can be seen through his like work with journalism and activism. He's also a very um, active researcher on campus. So like the fact that he continuously like pushes himself and uh, he seems to carry on a lot each semester, but um, that really shows that like he's very motivated and um, he's super inspirational, I think. And initially when I last semester, when I was applying for, <laughs> when I was applying for um, like the co-president position, I was initially nervous because I hadn't led such a big group before. Um, but like after I knew that Hari would be co-president, I knew that like it would be okay. And I was very confident and I was actually very excited to like plan things out with him. And although it's only been a few weeks into the semester, um, I think we do have a great control um, in both the decal and the club. So yeah, I think it's, and Hari just chatted like he thinks this is a praise praise us, but no, it's it's really it's really what I think. Um, and I'm glad I've had this chance to be able to express this because usually I don't talk about it. But um, I know that even after I graduate, I'll be continuously reading Hari's articles and interviews and be supportive. So yeah, um, I'm very appreciative of every, of everything. I don't think it's a praise fest. I think it's us encouraging each other, which is always a thumbs up. <laughs> Self-love and praising each other, loving each other. Yes. Yeah. And I want to say that, like, I can tell that you guys are always going the extra mile. And like, based off of what you guys are telling me about your club and how you guys are making changes, you guys are like super proactive and like passionate. And I feel like this is whenever I, um, I guess, like join a club, this is what I look for, like how passionate they are and how willing they are to go the extra mile to make changes, even if it's something small, like the name. And I can definitely see in you guys. And I want to say, keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> pleasure to be on. I agreed to this podcast as soon as Ellie said this was a student-run podcast. And that too, a Cal student initiative. Yeah, I'm also so happy that like you guys called us to participate in this podcast. Um, we're able to, I feel like here, we're able to share like personal stories that 
um, we don't really get to share with like the rest of the community. So I think um, this is really a great way to talk about Spectrum, talk about ourselves. Um, and I'm, yeah, thank you so much. Hari, Ellie, thank you. Yeah, I also wanted to add, I feel very educated because I'm not like very educated, but I feel like I definitely gained insight from Hari and Ellie because I definitely did not know much about autism. And I am very appreciative of both Ellie and Hari and for Hari, Hari for sharing such a personal story. Yeah, thank you so much. And that is a wrap for this week's episode. Check out Spectrum at Berkeley if you are a Berkeley student because Hari and Ellie are doing amazing work even during a pandemic, even during remote learning. They're still at it doing amazing stuff. So go, go, go check it out. And even if you're not a Berkeley student, you should check out their org anyways because they're doing amazing things. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.